So this morning, I'd like to title my sermon as Praise and Worship, Know the Truth. Read that with me. Praise and Worship, Know the Truth. So we are going to learn some of the basic truths about praise and worship. You know, I really feel bad this morning some of our members are not here to listen to me. Hopefully they will, they will get a chance to listen. And or you can, t- you can tell them or I will forward the recorded version. But this morning I believe this is important for us to know. It is very important. And I believe this learning experience will bring a change in the way we worship God and in the way we praise God. Can you say an amen to that? You know, this is a small series on uh, praise and worship that I expect this will continue for three more weeks. So as we name this series as praise and worship, know the truth. This morning I would like to give, uh, start this sermon with an overview of what we are going to talk about this morning. So we are going to cover a couple of aspects this morning. Number one, We are going to talk about the importance of praise and worship. Number two, we are going to talk about the differences between praise and worship. What is praise and how do we praise God? What is worship and how do we worship God? You know, these are some of the aspects that we are trying to cover this morning. So let's quickly go into number one. Number one, we are going to talk about the importance of praise and worship. Can you say that with me? Read that with me. The importance of praise and worship. You know, I may not be able to cover all the aspects that Bible talks about, but there are a couple of important aspects why worship and praise are important for Christians, for a child of God. Number one, angels constantly praise and worship God in heaven. You know, do you know that there are angelic, how many of us believe in angels? How many of us believe in devil, by the way? Yes? If you believe in angel, we also need to believe in devil. But do you remember the devil was one point of time, he was a? He was an angel, good angel, right? Now, for some reason, he became bad and we know the reason why he became bad. Right this morning, we know that angels are worshipping God Almighty in heaven. So we are going to read many scriptures this morning. You know, keep track of you know, uh, the scriptures and listen to me as we go forward. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 3 we read, you know, as Isaiah saw the vision of God, Lord God seated on the throne. Can you read that with me? And the angels, they one cried to another saying, what did they say? They said, holy Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. I believe this continues. It goes on and on in the, in the heaven. It never stops. God opened the eyes of Isaiah and this is what he could hear. He could he opened the ears of Isaiah and this is what he, he could hear as he saw the Lord God seated on the throne. Angels are worshipping God Almighty in heaven. We are talking about the importance of worship. And praise. In Revelation chapter verse, chapter 4 verse 8, Bible says, this is the vision that John saw. John, God opened the eyes of John, you know, and he saw heaven. You know, to see heaven, God has to open our eyes, our spiritual eyes. 
You know, sometimes we hear testimonies, you know, God opened their eyes and they saw this, they saw that. You know, sometimes God does that too. Because it is biblical, Revelation chapter 4 verse 8 says, The four living creatures, read that with me, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day and night or night, saying, what do they say? Holy Holy, holy, Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You know, this is how angels in heaven, they worship God. God is enthroned in the midst of the praises. That's what the say. Bible says. God is enthroned in the midst of the praises of Israel. That's what the word of God says. Heaven is filled with continuous praises, ongoing praises forever and ever. Can you imagine that? And we need to believe it because it, that, that's, that's, this is the word of God. And heaven is filled with praises and angelic host praising God. And if angels are praising God, it is important that you and I need to. Can I hear that loud? We and I need to praise God and we need to worship God. Number two reason, God expects all his creations to praise and worship him, including human beings. God expects, it is an expectation of God in your life and my life that we need to praise God and we need to worship God. God created us to praise Him and to worship Him. Bible says, I want to take you to Exodus chapter 9 verse 1. The way Moses was asked to deal with Pharaoh. Exodus 9 1. Then the Lord God said to Moses, what did, they, what did God say? Go into Pharaoh and tell him, thus says the Lord God, of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. Let the people go that they may serve me. You know, serving God includes what? Including what? Includes what? Serving God. Praise and worship. Are you with me this morning? Every one of you? So praising God, serving God includes praise and worship. And God is asking Moses, who is keeping them under bondage without allowing them to praise and serve God? Pharaoh. Pharaoh is keeping them under bondage and God is telling Moses, Moses, you go and tell Pharaoh that my people, let my people go to the wilderness so that they may serve me. They may worship me. They may praise me. And they may do the work of God. You know, this is the heart of God. And God expects all creations to praise Him. We, we, read, we read that in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 20, 21. You know, one of the, the, the scriptures that I like the most. This people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. You know, this is the heart of God. This is the, you know, this is the reason or this is the expectation of God You over our lives and over our families and over our churches. I have formed this people for what does it say? Look at the scripture. What does it say? I have formed these people for myself. I want to hear back from you. Myself. They shall declare my praises. You know, God has created you and me so that we may declare his praises. Declaring his praises is preaching. It includes preaching the word of God. You know, giving praise to God and worshiping God. It includes everything. Psalm 148, we read throughout the psalm, we read, you know, let all his creations praise him. That includes, you know, you will get, you will get surprised. Bible says, let angels praise him, let sun praise him, and let moon praise him, 
Stars praise him, heaven praise him. Do you know that they are all praising God? All the creations are praising God. You know, I believe every time when you see a little bird singing, you know, in the trees, they are singing praises to God. Because God says, they know the timing of God. They know the timing of God. When the little flower blossoms, it declares the glory of God. When a baby is born, you know, in the womb of a mother, from the womb of a mother, it brings praises to God. It gives glory to God. Every creation on this earth is praising God. That's what psalmist writes. Let all his creations praise him. Psalm 115, you know, the psalmist says, praise God with the sound of trumpet. Lute, harp, timbrel, and dance. And with the stringed instruments and flutes and cymbals and clashing cymbals. Now bring all the instruments. Let's praise God with all the instruments. Are you with me? It's very biblical, you know, because Bible talks about instruments. Bringing all the instruments and play them skillfully for the glory of God. To bring praises to God. So God expects all creations to praise him. As you remember this, you know, this is very important. As Jesus was entering into Jerusalem... His final triumphal entry. He was riding in a donkey. Remember that? He was riding in a colt. And as Jesus was coming near Mount Olives, listen to me. The multitude of disciples, they started praising God with a loud noise. And as they were doing, who looked at them? The Pharisees. And you know what they said to Jesus? Jesus, rebuke your disciples. Because they are praising you loudly. Ask them to keep what? Quiet. Who said this? And who are Pharisees? Supposed to be religious leaders. They know the word of God. But you know, they could not allow people to praise God. You know, this is what happens in churches today. Listen to me carefully. We know the word of God. And when that happened, the Pharisees said, ask them to keep quiet. You know, there are people around us, they don't want to listen to the word of God. Sorry, they don't want us to praise God, including Pharaoh, including Pharisees, including Sadducees, some of those religious leaders, they don't want us to praise God. And you know what Jesus said? This is very heart-touching, heartbreaking at times. Jesus said that if people don't praise God, even the stones will cry out. You know, when we are not there to praise God, when we are not there to do the work of God, God brings somebody from nowhere. Even the stones will praise God. Even the stones will cry out to God. You know, this morning I'm trying to tell you the importance of praising God. This is very, very important. And we want to understand in a very proper way. Psalm 22, David says, You are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Enthroned in the praises of Israel. That's true, because God is enthroned in the heavenly realms, in the, among the praises of the holy angels. And God is enthroned when people of God praising God and bringing glory to God. Let's move further. Number three reason why we should praise God. We worship God as he deserves our worship. Can you say it? He deserves? Yes, he deserves our worship. We worship God. We praise God out of the reverence we have God. Do we have reverence for God? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. You know, we do that at times when, 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 a, when a leader, 
you know, or somebody superior, they walk. We show our reverence. We show our respect to them. You think about it, just, just our prime minister walks into this church this morning. And obviously, the greeters will welcome him, right, into our congregation. And what do we do? We just sit like this. We'll praise God. Yeah, certainly we'll praise God. And what do we do for him? We will stand and greet him and you know, inquire about him and his family and show your acceptance and show your love. We do so many things. And God, he deserves all of our worship this morning for a couple of reasons. You know, when we have a good relationship with God, we feel that he deserves, he deserves our worship. He deserves all our praises. He alone deserves the worship, you know. Today people give the glory to many different things on the face of this earth. But who deserves everything? Our God. Our God alone. Psalm 146 verses 6 to 10. We are just going to read that in a moment. King David wrote some good reasons to praise God and worship God. Shall we read that together? As we read, just let's understand and just go slow. Psalm 146 verses 6 to 10. Who made, you know, these are the reasons why we need to worship God. We need to praise God. Who made heaven? God Almighty made heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. Who keeps truth forever. Who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry, the Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. Verse 8, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind, the Lord raises those who are bowed down, the Lord loves the righteous, the Lord watches over the strangers, he relieves the fatherless and the widow, but the way of the wicked he turns upside down. Verse 10, the Lord shall reign forever, you God, O Zion to all generations praise the Lord you know the psalmist is praising God because he deserves he has done all these things you know he has done marvelous things in your life you know today sometimes when things start happening in our lives are you with me are you listening to me don't want you to do any of you to do daydreaming. Look at me and listen to me, okay? So when, 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 you know, when some things are ha starts happening in our lives, when things fall one after the other, when everything goes really well, we stop praising God and worshiping God. And there is a reason why we need to do that because nothing came by our own strength. Nothing came by our own ability. You know, this morning I'll tell you if some of us think that it's all because of my ability. I would like to say that, you know, one touch from God will collapse everything. Do you know that? Do we know that? One touch. You know, if our health is gone, everything is gone. If our job is gone, you know, totally we will collapse. If something happens to our family, you know, we can't handle it. Everything is by God and from God. And this morning, God wants us to know. God wants us to remember every time we are due to give honor and glory to God. Because he deserves. Number four reason, God has commanded us to praise him. Listen to me. God has commanded us to praise him. It is the command of God that we must obey and give him praise and worship God. The commandment of God or the command for us to praise God is written in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. 
approximately 250 places or 250 times in Bible we read the commandments or the statements regarding praising the Lord. 250 times we read, Bible is asking us, commanding us to praise God every time. You know, many times, just want to say this to you. This is important too. Many times we mistakenly say, praise the Lord. And sometimes we say, praise the Lord repeatedly, without even thinking what you are saying. Are you with me? All of you? Without even thinking what we say, we just repeatedly say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Many times we do that. Praise the Lord is something which cannot be told like a mantra. It cannot be just something told like a slogan without meaning to it. Are you with me? Am I right? Do you agree? It cannot be just repeatedly told without even thinking about what you are saying. Because it's not a mantra, it's not a slogan. It is very important to know why we are praising God. What is the reason for our praise? It is very important. Listen to me. It is very important to know what is the reason for praising God. If a child, think about a child. If the child wants to praise God, sorry. If a child wants to praise his or her dad, whether the child say praise dad, praise dad, praise dad, Yes, sir. Are you listening? Whether the child will say, praise dad, praise dad. But the child says, dad, I love you. I appreciate your love to me. I know that you are kindful to me. I know that you are compassionate over me. I know that you are taking care of me. And I thank you. And think about the dad. If the dad listens every time, Praise dad, praise dad, praise dad. What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. Listen to me, it's very important. It doesn't really mean anything to us. The same thing to God too. We need to praise God for what we are praising God. We need to know the reason why we praise God. God wants us to say praiseworthy things about God. God wants us to say praiseworthy thing. Why we are praising God? I'll give you a couple of examples. Psalm 150 verse 2. Let's read that scripture together. Psalm 150 verse 2. Praise him for his mighty acts. Why do we praise God? Are you with me? Why do we praise God? For his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Verse Psalm 117 verses 1 to 2. Praise the Lord. And it says, for his merciful kindness is great towards us. So we always praise God for a reason. For what he is, for who he is. Isaiah 25 1 says, I will praise your name for you have done wonderful things. Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 13 says, praise the Lord for he has delivered the life of the poor from the hands of the evildoers. You know, we praise God for a reason. We praise every time when we praise God. You know, we don't we need to think that reason why we are saying praise the Lord. It is good to say, but without our knowledge, we don't want to just say that just for the sake of saying. And it makes a difference. It makes a difference. Praise is a conscious, conscious admiration. And thanks for who God is and what God is doing in our lives. 
Praising God is not just a feeling. Listen to me carefully. Praising God is not just a feeling. Praising God is a very conscious activity. You know, when I stand here, when all of us stand here worshiping God, we don't want to worship God without even thinking about God. If you say that praise God, praise God without even thinking about God, what a foolishness it is. Praising God is a conscious activity. We praise Him, we thoughtfully exalt Him, and we admire Him for all His goodness, for all His greatness, His majesty, His love, His grace, His mighty work on the human being that He does. And think about it, praising God, it involves our being, our whole being. It depends on the relationship that we have with God. It depends on the knowledge that we have about God. It, it's all important. It's not just saying praising the Lord. Now there are some reasons we talked about this morning. Why praising God is important. Number one, angels praise him. Number two, he expects the praises of his saints. He expects our praises. Number three, he deserves our praise and our worship. Number four, he has commanded us to praise him. Now let's move further. We are going to talk about the differences between praise and worship. Amen? Are you with me? You're okay? You're going to talk about the differences between praise and worship. You know, these two terms are interchangeably used. Praise and worship. Some of the things you know, it's not new, but some of the things I just want to say that again so that we understand what we are talking about, what we are trying to do. They both don't mean, mean the same thing. Praise is different and worship is different. Praise is, you know, here are the, some of the differences. Praise is lifting up God, listen to me carefully, and giving him glory for who he is and what he has done. It needs, it requires a knowledge of God. It, we need to know about God who to praise God. Praising God is lifting up God, giving glory for who he is and for what he has done. But worshipping is humbling us before God. We will go into detail. Praise can be part of worship, but worship goes beyond praise. Are you with me? Praise can be part of worship, but worship is not praise. Worship goes beyond praise. Praise can be part of worship too. Praise is easy. Worshiping is hard. Worship is hard. Praise is joyful, very jubilant, celebrating in nature. But worship is bowing before God. Listen to me. Kneeling before God. Surrendering are humbling ourselves before God. Huge difference between praise and worship. Praise is a lip sacrifice. Comes out of our mind and our knowledge of knowing who God is. It comes out of our mind of knowing who God is. It comes through our lips. That is what is praise. But worship... Worship is an attitude of our heart. Are you with me? Worship is the attitude of our heart. And it rises from the heart. You cannot worship God with lips. It comes from the heart because it is a heart attitude. Whereas praise is something to do with our knowledge about God. It comes through our lips. 
Praise is like a joyful shout to the Lord. Shouting joyfully to the Lord and breaking forth in song and in rejoicing and singing praises. But when it comes to worship, the tone changes. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Praises giving joy and giving glory, shouting and rejoicing and celebrating, waving hands, this and so many other things. But when it comes to worship, the tone tone totally changes. It says, worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Come, let us worship and bow down before him. You know, praise and worship, they both are totally different. This morning, I believe that we will understand this as we move forward in our Christian walk with the Lord. We will know more differences as we continue. Today, we see different churches worshiping and praising God in different ways. Have you been to any other church? Or only in HAPM, lifelong? I don't think so, right? You have been here at least to 10 churches, right? Even in the city. Some of us, right? So it's good to know what is happening across the... Ch- I mean, I'm not asking you to go to other churches. <laughs> some of the things that are happening in other churches, we all know, you know, we have some background. Some churches, they don't sing. Do you know that churches? No? There are some churches, they don't sing. They just listen to the worship music as the choir plays. They don't sing. Other churches, they sing, but they don't play any instrument. Do you know that? Okay, that you know. Some others sing only hymns. Right? And yet some others, they do. They wave their hands and they shout. They scream. And as the worship band plays, and everyone believes their way of worshiping is Correct. Are you with me? Right? So, you know, we are not trying to come with an argument, you know, with those churches. We just accept, we honor them what they do. But in the Bible, we are trying to understand with our little knowledge, with the light that God has given to us, we are trying to understand what is praise and what is worship. In the Bible, praise and worship, that's, that's very true, actually. That's very clear in the Bible. Praise and worship has nothing to do with entertainment. Or putting a show. That's not praise and worship. We don't find that in the Bible. There is no putting a show to attract seekers. We don't see that in the Bible. We don't consider that as worship. Then it is what? It is basically intended for everyone to participate, not to spectate. Are you with me? That's the intention of the word of God. We are trying to understand the difference between praise and worship. So I believe these teachings will really help us to understand what is praise and what is worship. Let's be open to learn. Now there are many things that we don't know. Let's be open to learn a couple of things this morning. Let's move further. Number three, what is praise and how do we praise God? And I may not be able to cover praise here this morning. Just give a little intro and move further to worship. Praise we will talk about next week. Now in order to understand the biblical way of praising God, we need to look at the 10 significant Hebrew words for praise and their appropriate expressions and attitude of our hearts associated with those 10 different words, Hebrew words. Shall we just get them on the screen now? 
We don't go detail into it. There are a couple of words. They originally, do you know that by the way, what was the original language in the Old Testament was written? Aramaic. Now I'm trying to understand those who are not opening their mouth. I listen what you said, but then I'm trying to understand those who are not saying anything. What is the original language Old Testament was written? Hebrew. In the back of mind, I hear a voice right now. Really, I hear a voice actually. Where is the Bible study in this church? Okay, let's leave it there. Right? So, so Old Testament was written in Hebrew and New Testament was written in Greek. Right? And some portions may be Aramaic. Some of the languages mixed, but majority Old New Testament is in Greek. Now we are going to the Old Testament root to understand what is worship. Couple of words here. Can you just try to read that, uh, these words? You know, they are Hebrew words. We may not have right pronunciation, but it's good. Halal, Yada, Barak, Samar, and Tauda. Okay, then what is that? Next one. Okay, Shavak, and Tehila. And then next one is Taha, then Tefila, and Kara. These are some of the Hebrew words. They represent praise. Not worship. Praise. And next week, God willing, we are going to continue and try to find out what do they say. And they all have an expression. Can you say expression? And they have an attitude of heart as we do this. Now this morning, we'll go further to the step four. What is worship and how do we worship God? And then we are going to close. What is worship? And how do we worship God? Now, in our Sunday morning service, I don't know whether you have noticed, when we come here, what time we come here, by the way, Sunday morning? 9.30. Good answer, right? And what time the choir is supposed to be here, our instrument, the play music, musicians, what time they are supposed to be here? Nine? 900, what is that? Nine? 9.45? Oh, we didn't tell you, brother. <laughs> 9.15 it is, right? All the instruments, musicians. Yes? Okay, 9.15 we need to be here. All the volunteers? 9.30 at least we need to be here, right? So, so that, that's, that's what. You know, I'm coming to our point. I'm not away. Going away. In Sunday morning service, when we all start the worship, we all want to start this worship service at 10 o'clock. So what do we do at 10 o'clock? We start singing. And then... I don't know, yeah, then message, right? So before that, the initial 30 minutes, we do a couple of things here, right? We, in fact, struggle to do those things. That's what I'm talking about now. So initially, we start with, with singing, right? So that is what is praising God. So we start our service with praising God, and then we take into, to you all into a deep time of devotion to the Lord. That's how our worship service is structured. I don't know whether you notice. We praise God with the praising songs, raise a hallelujah, right? All the beautiful songs. We praise God and then we try to take it to slowly to a devotion. You know, the best way I can have devotion to the Lord is to remember his cross. That takes me right away into his presence. When I remember the death of, the, death of our Lord at the cross, the sufferings of God at the cross. And once we go there around 9.15 and then around 9.20 or 25, we are entering into worship. 
You know, Joy, I remember in a couple of times, Joy used to say that, now we are entering into deep worship. Have you ever, anybody noticed? <laughs> you noticed? I don't know whether, what, you know, whether it makes sense to you or not. But now we enter into deep worship. So we try to do the worship part. So, you know, see the difference. Praise and a devotion time. And then comes the worship as we move further, as we try to close. And because they are different, they need to be handled differently. Now, in order to understand worship, again, let us look at the Hebrew root of the word worship. In Hebrew, shaha is the word used for worship. It's Strong's uh, lexicon, H7812, that is the exact word, Hebrew word shaha. Can you say shaha? So that is the exact word which is used to refer worship. Now it means in English, to depress, what does it mean? Depress, to suppress, go low. You're talking about worship from the Hebrew roots. Nobody can deny this. It's a word of God, virginally written in this fashion. We go, we prostrate or lay face down flat. That is the meaning of the word, the worship. In homage or in respect to the royalty of God, the kingship of God and we bow ourselves before him we crouch or we fall down flat that is worship are you able to relate that with something do we try to do here I don't think so then what are we doing that is a question what are we trying to do here Let's look at the expression of shaha. That is the original Hebrew root of worshipping God. And we Christians forgot it. Our Muslim friends, our Hindu friends, they still do that. What a tragedy it is. What a tragedy. This exact same word shaha occurs 172 times in 166 verses in the Hebrew concordance of King James Version. It is the same word. In the King James, when King James translated shaha, they translated as worship in 99 times. You know, imagine, understand the translations the, the trouble the translations are bringing. They don't have an equivalent word, no. So they need to put an alternate word in the translation and that totally changes the meaning. That totally changes the meaning. 99 times worship and bowing 31 times word of God talks about. Bow down 18 times and obe uh, obeisance and homage and reverence and fall down themselves and crouch and there are a couple of miscellaneous you know words which are used to refer this virginal Hebrew root but this is what worship is this is what worship is the equivalent term in Greek because we may worry about what about New Testament the equivalent Greek term as we see here, is proskuneo. Proskuneo, strong G4352, it means, read that with me, to kiss 
like a dog licking his master's hand. Exactly. This is what it means in the New Testament. Bending down or crouching. Literally or figuratively. Prostrate oneself in homage, in reverence, and in total adoration. Bending down. Let's look at the expression of proskuneo. Something similar to this. You know, these are the two terms which are used from the root, Hebrew roots, and from the Greek. And this term, proskuneo, is used 65 times in 54 verses of the King James Version as worship. Let's read a couple of places in the New Testament where exactly this reference is used. Matthew 28.9. Matthew 28.9, Bible says, can you read that with me? And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. That's what is worship. John chapter 4 verses, verse 24. Read this. This is exactly the term which is used there. Proskuneo. God is spirit and those who proskuneo him must proskuneo in worship and truth. That's worship. Revelation 5.14 Then the four living creatures said Amen and the 24 elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. This is how we worship God. This is how we are called to worship. In worship our expression is important and our attitude is important. And our attitude is important. Remember Worship is all about making ourselves low. Humbling ourselves before God. But praise is all about giving glory and lifting God. You know, one goes this way, one goes this way. Praise is about lifting God and giving glory to God. But worship is about humbling us and, you know, throwing us down on the floor to worship God with the right expression, with the right attitude. This morning, I believe that God may speak to us. A couple of final thoughts before we close. We all made with we are all made with emotions, don't we? Are we made with emotions? We all emotional beings. Emotions must never be separated from human being. Are you with me? The moment you separate emotions from the life of human. He or she becomes a wood. Exactly. Emotions must never be separated. You know, that's the time when our child walks, starts walking and our child starts doing some mischiefs, you know, when he's a little baby or she's a little baby. We rejoice because just to see the expression. And you, you know, after doing a mischief, after pulling something down and seeing that is breaking and falling on the floor and breaking and the child turns and gives you a smile. You like that. You don't go and beat the child, beat the baby because it behaved wrongly, but you like it because you allow their freedom. Why that is not allowed in the church? I, mean, I was asking that question within me. Why we are not able to allow that people to show their expression as we worship God? Because that is the original root. In worship, emotions are revealed as expressions. Because they are part of worship. Did we get now what is worship? 
because they are part of worship. We can't say that God knows my heart. He's not seeing my expression. No, that doesn't go well. Shaha or Praskanayo, it doesn't really go well with those virginal root terms. We are not trying to do what is virginally returned. We can't say really that God knows my heart, so I need to just, you know, I, God, uh, nobody cares my expression. Worship goes with expression. Bible translations have changed the meaning of worship, as I said. We need to know. As we translate the Bible into different languages and different versions, we are deviating away from the root. We are deviating away from the root. Learn Hebrew if you get a chance. Learn Greek if you get a chance. You'll be able to read the Bible in the original language. Translations have taken the expression and the attitude out of context. They are not there. Worship just goes. But when you come to the root, you have really know the meaning. Traditions have taken the expression and attitudes out of context. They are no more attached to worship. If someone expresses, listen to this, if someone expresses worship, he or she is looked at as a fanatic and totally unfit. I mean, that's how church, that's how church is. Sometimes that's where we are. But the question that we need to ask is, are we? Are we worshiping God? Really? In the real sense? As I said, our Muslim and Hindu friends, they still follow the original meaning of the expression of the word. But Christianity, the fear of God is taken out. Fear of God is lost. The original purpose is lost in the name of freedom. Jesus. But Jesus did not come to abolish the law. Remember that always. His expectation is much higher. Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees, by no means you can enter into the kingdom of God. He has not come to abolish the law. He has not come to set us free. So we can do whatever we want. We can change whatever in the whatever we, way, way we want. We need to come back to the basic and see what God is telling us this morning. If we don't get back to the basics, what was originally intended, our worship is a waste of time. After reading this, after preparing this, and I, I just had a question within me. Are we wasting our time? If we don't do things in the right way, are we wasting the right, our time? If the original meaning of worship is bowing down and falling prostrate, humbling or surrendering, if we stand straight and hands folded, it is totally against the original expression God meant for worship. So that is against God. That is against God. You know, at times we do that, we stand without even thinking about God. It is like fooling God. It's a time that, that bad it is. But at the same time, the other extreme I was thinking about, if we are showing all the expressions, and inside of us, even if we don't honor God, and inside of us, you know, all going through all the motions and emotions of worship. But inside of us, if we don't let the pride go, let, we don't get the ego go. We don't even talk to other members. We are deceiving ourselves. Talking about the extremes, trying to understand. It is time. Let us stop doing everything. And let's start knowing what is real worship. We talked about worship. We'll continue with praise next week. Let us start doing things in the right way.
Shall we all stand for a moment this morning?